Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today, my co-host is Paula Dennison. Hey, Paula. How you doing, Sherry? Pretty good. Is there a song called Hey, Paula? Yes. Do you get that all the time? All the time. I bet you do. Don't ask Steve Daniel. Oh, really? Oh, is yeah. He'll his... sing it on the radio to on me. The ra- Can you sing it? Yes. Go ahead. No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I bet you know all the words. No. You I don't. stay away from it. Do you hate that song? Yes. Yeah. It's I like... The Four Seasons O Sherry. I don't uh-huh. really care for that song, but I'm yeah. pretty sure my mother liked it, is what I'm guessing. Probably. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I All can right. see that. Okay. Well, who's our guest today, Paula? You know, from the police department, we are so honored to have Assistant Chief Shannon Jordan with us All today. All right. So what are we going to be talking about? We're going to talk about all kinds of things police department related. We have no barriers today, right? We have no barriers today. All right. I kind of like that. Yeah. All right. Me too. Shannon, welcome to our show. Thank you. It's great to be here. um, We're going to start you like we do everyone else. We're going to do a lightning round, and Paula's going to ask the questions. Go for it, Paula. So I've got two questions, and then I have a surprise. (gasps) I love That Shannon does not know about. Oh, no. So everybody The just, look on his face. <laughs> I know. And unfortunately, this is just audio, so there's no visual. And that will... Uh, you really have to see this yeah. surprise to participate. Oh but I'm sure everybody can pick up on it after they hear your expression. Oh, my. Okay. So Go for it. Question one. Have you seen anything lately that made you smile? Yes. What? Oh, you want me to answer? Okay. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long day, folks. I'll tell you. Um... We're family the that, here. The thing that makes me smile is uh, when we get compliments on other police officers or letters of accommodation from, from citizens. Um, and lately, surprisingly, with all the things that's been going on, we get a lot of those. And so I smile a lot because I love seeing our officers do good. I love the fact that this community appreciates what we do and respects us. And we don't take that for granted. We're going to keep doing what we do, and we're going to earn it every day. And I'm I'm glad you said that because y'all are so great about sharing those positives with everybody on the force, civilian and yeah, I think we think that's very important. With management, also, so that's that's a good thing. And we think it's very important to uh, to give people their deserved uh, recognition for for when they go above and beyond and and do more than than is required or more that's what being is being done awesome. at other places. Okay, so now for the surprise. Oh, yeah. So I was doing a little cleaning in the office the other day, and I came across this that I've had for a while. And I walking in here today, I thought, oh, this reminds me so much of Assistant Chief Shannon Jordan. Oh, let's see it. <laughs> it, it resembles several of us, actually, in, in, in the city of Stillwater. So for everybody listening, it's a woolly willy. It's the little one with the magnet and the metallic charcoal that you pull up and you make his oh, hair and his oh, beard. That's and, so funny. And now everybody will have to look up a picture of Assistant Police Chief Shannon Jordan to see what we are how gonna, he resembles Wooly We're going to have to do all the police hairstyles that have been mentioned on uh, this podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, got, there's quite a we've few. We've got quite a few. Uh, we, we've got the rat tail and the mullet, and uh, now we got Wooly Willy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, let's go to the basic facts about the uh, police department. What do you have? So, a couple of things that I don't know how many folks out there know, but our police department does so many things throughout our community and uh, the organization itself. So, a couple of things. Um, you can get a copy of your re police report if you need one. The police offer a Citizens Academy, and I'm sure that Assistant Chief Jordan can talk a little bit more of that as we get into this. Uh, animal welfare is housed in the police mm -hmm. department. So is code enforcement. So if you have a dilapidated house or high grass and weeds, something like that, that's housed in the police department. So is parking enforcement. That's through the police right. department. So it's not just officers who are out writing speeding tickets or chasing armed robbers or murderers or, you know, any, any of that type stuff. There's so many other additional community service functions that they perform right. through the police department. Um, they do have officers on 24-hour-a-day patrol. Um, our uh, Central Communications Division and Detention Center are operational 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they also have plainclothes and undercover police officers. Ah. So Assistant Chief Jordan can talk more about how many different functions yeah, are located functions. in the police department. But I thought it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. If nobody knows, if somebody says police department and they just think... Patrol officers. Right, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. that's what they see. Well, let's just jump into our conversation here with uh, Shannon. So to start off with, what was your career path? How did you end up an uh, officer and... Uh, What's, what's going on in your world? Um, I was a military brat growing up. My dad was in the Marine Corps. Uh -huh. um, he flew, or he was a flight engineer on C 130s. Uh, and I remember when I was a small child in El Toro Marine Air Base in California, I'd go to work with him sometimes while they were working on aircraft and stuff. And across the flight line, they'd have the Cobra attack helicopters. And I just thought that's what I'm going to be. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a helicopter too. pilot. I'm going to join the Marines and I'm going to fly uh, Cobra helicopters. And then I found out that I was blind. Oh. And uh, I, was, I was legally blind. My eyesight was so bad. And now you know, I got the can't, can't see far away and can't see up close. So yeah, I got too. the progressive lenses and everything. Mm -hmm. So but anyway, but that's why I didn't become a helicopter pilot. Uh, so my next choice was police officer because, you know, I I've always wanted to serve. Uh, I've, I've spent 29 and a half years in the Army National Guard. Uh, I joined when I was a junior in high school uh, as a military policeman because uh, I ultimately wanted to be a police officer. I went to college, uh, got a degree in criminal justice, uh, became an officer in the National Guard, and continued both careers. I, I started out at Ada Police Department, and then in 1992 I came here to Stillwater, and I've been here ever since. Uh, I've, I've done everything in patrol mainly uh, all the sh different shifts I was a motorcycle officer for nine years total uh, I was the firearms training coordinator uh, I was on a, s a sniper on the SWAT team uh, and so, so I've done multiple things within the department and uh, had the opportunity about two years ago to apply for chief of police uh, 
and within the police department, I don't have any uh, administrative background, but because of my military experience, I retired from the National Guard as a lieutenant colonel. Uh, so I have uh, uh, about 25 years of administrative or leadership experience in the National Guard. And uh, so I had asked uh, the, the city manager if, if my qualifications would meet the criteria for applying. And he, and he agreed that they would, and I was welcome to apply. And so I applied for the position of chief of police, and I guess I did pretty good because uh, <laughs> I did not get promoted to chief of police, but they decided to make a second position of assistant chief of police. And, uh, and I was, so I went from patrolman to assistant chief of police, which uh, I don't think that's very common. Uh, so so I, I'm very honored to be in this position, and, and uh and it, I, I take it very seriously and, and, and want to make the most of it. And you know, I work hard every day to take care of the officers of the Stillwater Police Department and, and make sure that they have everything that I always wanted when I was a patrolman not too long ago. Uh, I, want to, I want the equipment to do my job. I want the training to do my job. And I want the support uh, from my, my leaders to do my job. And uh, so we try every day to give them that. You know, Sherry, Shannon is another one. We've had so many folks in here on these podcasts that have been here 20, 30, pushing right. 40 years. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity for advancement within this organization is unlike just about anywhere else that you could go. Right. Yeah, because um, there, there are career paths. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and he's he's an example of it. And you you never know what may be out there mm -hmm. that you might not be really having in your you know, in your vision, shooting mm -hmm. for, but all of a sudden something can pop up and you just fit right into it. So what's a typical day like for you? Uh, well, most most of the day is, is meetings. Uh -huh. um, now whether, that you're a, a... Now that I'm in a, a, an administrative position as the assistant chief. I was going to say chief. you're a crap. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and a lot of it is uh, meetings, um, just we have to check our schedule every day yeah. and, and all week long and, and, and fit meetings in, see where we have an empty space and stuff to have meetings, but they're, they're productive meetings. Um, they're meetings where we look at policy, uh, managerial, um, administrative, things on how we can improve the department or identifying um, future problems that maybe not be a problem yet, but we see based on um, significant events in the world right now if this was to happen to us would we be prepared would we would we be able to handle this and so we like to be forward thinking and we like to plan ahead and be prepared for anything have every contingency covered and that's one of the things I kind of specialize in as my job as assistant chief I'm kind of the planner uh, and do organizing and 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 uh, sharpshooting basically um, potential problems and coming up with solutions to those before they happen and making sure we are prepared for anything and we have the equipment or the manpower the means and the training to take on any tasks that might that might come up right now so do you have a like a personality trait that you just see potential problems constantly you see the the worst in a situation and anticipate it I do. A lot of it's through my military yeah. experience and being a leader in the military and, and all the training I've received. That's just how my brain works now. I'm, I'm always in that kind of, a lot of people say, what if, right. if, if, and I kind of say, if then, ah, and not yeah. what if it happens, but, or when this happens, then we will do this. Um, 
and and I just I always look at things. And again, I'm a I'm a big on world news, national news, stuff like that. I'm a big news person. I'm always I believe we learn from history, and if we don't, uh, we're going to repeat it. And so I'm always watching what what has happened in the past, uh, what is happening now in other areas, because if it's happening in other areas, it could happen here. And so I always um, watch the news closely and, and, and make sure that we are covered for any of those problems so we don't have to repeat them where, where things have happened and tragedies have happened in other places. And we've been overly fortunate that those things are not concentrating here in Oklahoma and specifically in Stillwater. Yes, and uh, and, and again, a lot of it is because uh, uh, the way I believe that, that Stillwater Police Department and the city of Stillwater employees treat the community. And I think we've earned that, and that's why we've avoided a lot of those problems. Uh, I know Paula was involved with uh, me and uh, Melissa Reams and uh, numerous personnel department we were we had a planned protest scheduled during the, the height of the George Floyd incidents and others around the nation and so they wanted to have a protest here and and so we called men we met with the protest organizers said what can we do for you to make sure you have a safe protest we set up barricades for them so there was no risk of them run, getting run over we gave them uh, loudspeakers uh, microphones made sure they had food lots of water um, we had ambulance on standby in case anybody went down from a heat injury uh, or any other type of injury. And at the same time, uh, we made plans um, based on everybody else's handling of riots and stuff like that. And uh, we, we made our own plans that was kind of opposite of that. Uh, we didn't come out there in riot gear. We didn't stand, you know, with batons and riot shields. And, the, and the officers were out there amongst the the people who showed up just having conversations yeah that's what we wanted we, we were not going to escalate it we were not gonna we were not gonna show up you know with, with the armored tanks and stuff for what might happen we were prepared for what might happen but we weren't showing our hand right. and we we came out and we let them decide what kind of uh protest or free speech event we was going to have and fortunately it went very well uh, we hit that one out of the park and it was a huge success and everybody got to uh, have their opportunity to express their uh, their their rights as a citizen of the United States and uh, and everything went well and there, there were even a lot of people from out of state that showed up to this event planning on having a violent protest right. and they when they saw it wasn't a violent protest they they turned around and left and they said well this is not what i came here for and that was That's not amazing, what they expected it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so they left but it does go to say so much about the relationship that the police department has with the community and the respect both ways and that's what I told our officers after it was over. I thanked every one of them for the hard work we've done in the past to make this possible because the reason we were successful that day was because of the way we treated people in the past and the way we treated people that day. And I said, you know, that's why we were successful in that. In every case, uh, when the speakers got up there to talk, they could talk about things that are happening all over the United States. They did not have one incident they did not, for Stillwater, did they? Oklahoma. They could, and they even would preface it with, although it hasn't happened here, this is what's going on everywhere else. Um, 
and so we've been very fortunate. Um, we try, we strive every day to treat everybody consistently and evenly. We don't judge people on their race or color or or what they do for a living or anything. Uh, if you commit a crime, you'll probably draw our attention and you'll get to meet some of us. Uh, and and unfortunately, there are consequences to all actions and stuff. Some of them are not pleasant. Um, sometimes you have to, you know, um, be held accountable for your actions. And sometimes that's not pleasant. But we try to keep it positive and we try to treat everybody the same and we try to make so that it's a learning uh, environment and people go on, they make mistakes, they go on, they rise above it, and they go on to be productive citizens. One of the things that when we had um, Police Chief Watts in here in a podcast one day, he was, he was explaining to us on the podcast how long the hiring and training process is for the officers that come on board. Yes. And, you know, y'all invest over a year, eight, up to 18 months or so of time into individuals and it's not just so they can go out there and write somebody a ticket or carry a gun. It's that relationship building that is such a strong component of it. And just your example of the peaceful protest we had, that just goes to prove how well it works here. Yeah, and uh, we spend, a, a lot, as you said, we spend a lot of time um, cultivating. We hire great people to begin with. We look for only the best candidates and stuff and the people who have great character and a good moral compass to start out. And then we groom them basically from that point on to make them even better and to instill um, you know, our ideals and our morals and our standards, our very high standards. Uh, and, and we show them the why. Um, this is why we do this. This is why we want you to be like this and stuff. This is why it's important and stuff like that. And uh, we try to build that team, you know, into everybody to where uh, every officer um, feels that they they are part of, of the organization and they are responsible for our success or failure. They have ownership in this the police department. We are one big family and we are one big team and we it takes everybody to work together. As I say, we don't we don't have any bench warmers in the Stillwater Police Department. Everybody plays. Everybody's first string. Everybody matters and everybody has to work hard every day. Well Paula earlier uh alluded to a lot of the different departments housed within the police department. Do you want to walk us through a couple of those? Uh, sure. Of what maybe people don't see or what they don't, or some of the things that they don't realize the officers are actually doing. Right. Well, we have civilians and sworn officers, so we have dispatchers um, that, that dispatch the calls. They answer the phones. They take calls from citizens, and they also as well as having to dispatch for the police department, they have to dispatch for the fire department and animal welfare, and they have to transfer calls to LifeNet, emergency calls that come through 911 for LifeNet, and everything in between. A lot of it not even police-related, but when people don't know what to do, what do you do? You call the police. And so they, they deal with all that. So they're very hardworking individuals, and we really appreciate them uh, for the job they do. Uh, then we have our records clerks that manage all the paperwork that is generated through the police department, 
from reports to filing of affidavits to tickets. We have um, detention operations, which is our jailers. We run a uh, a 10-day holding facility uh, capable of holding up just 57 prisoners. And so we have a very understaffed <laughs> jail that's just barely makes minimum on a good day. But, but and COVID is not helping. Yeah, COVID has not been f kind been to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so it's been a very, very big challenge. And uh, Payne County has also experienced that. Every place is experiencing that. Of course, anytime you have uh, lots of people housed in one facility and you have something like COVID, it's going to affect everybody. It's going to affect those facilities, and it affects jails and prisons pretty hard, too. And then it affects the workers there also. But we have a detention operations. We have a property unit that handles all the property that we take in, whether it's lost property or evidence, physical evidence of like crimes. And, yeah, we have a lot of marijuana. We can smell it when y'all yeah. have, yeah. have brought a fresh load yeah. in. When uh -huh. I was on light duty one time. It does, yeah. When I was on light duty one time, I had to work for four months down in property, uh, updating some systems and stuff and trying to get rid of a lot of the uh, property that is no longer needs to be held. That smell permeates everything you own <laughs> and you stays in your nose hairs for about <laughs> two days and uh, it's hard to get rid of that's funny mm -hmm. yeah but it is funny when you walk into city hall and it's like hmm who is that <laughs> but we also have code enforcement that falls under us there and some of them were retired police officers some of them were civilians and they previously fell under a different department within the city of stillwater and now they're under the police department and they basically go out and uh, enforce laws or or respond to calls uh, for code in violations, people uh, not mowing their yards or the right-of-ways, uh, trash in their yards, uh, abandoned vehicles. And what keeps them busy most of the time is a lot of these old dilapidated homes that are not safe or fit to live in or don't have electricity and running water and stuff. And uh, getting them uh, and doing the paperwork to where, to where we can uh, get rid of those houses and clean up some parts of Stillwater stuff and making it more safer for the rest of the community. And there's a lot of paperwork that's involved in something like that yeah, because, it, it unfortunately, it does end up a lot of times the city having to take down those dilapidated structures. Well, that mm -hmm. was somebody's home. Right. There's so much going on in the police department. Uh, we probably should have you back to walk us through some more departments. Sure. Yeah, we can cover patrol next time. <laughs> that's, I know I didn't get to that. Whole... I'm still on the civilians part of yeah, it, but again, that's... then we have patrol. We should. We'll come and, back and uh, do patrol. Numerous do different things in patrol. I'm sorry? Horses? No, we don't. Um, we did have a mounted unit, and it was it was pretty active uh, during things like the Christmas parade and homecoming parade, and also when we had Joe's weekend. Still, oh, uh, yeah. the horses were very valuable to us. There's nothing that goes through a crowd like. Uh, horses when you can't get 10 feet through a crowd just walk behind a horse and it's like parting of the red sea wow. it's everybody gets out of the horse's <laughs> way so they were a great tool to have we'll come you back and we'll talk about patrol because i think that's a that's a whole podcast by itself all right well thank you so much for being our guest today thank you all right receives a lot of questions through email, Facebook, sometimes they even call us. Today's first question came through email and they said, how do I request a stop sign in my neighborhood? You know, that's a really good question. And a lot we of have people it, want it. Yeah, quite often yeah. we have that. So there's a form on the city website, stillwater.org is where you can go. Uh, keyword search, stop sign. 
keyword search stop sign. Yes. Yes. And thank you. will call up the form. And it will bring up the form and you just fill it out and um, it goes to the folks who will then take it. They'll go out, they'll do a site inspection. There's some criteria that we mm-hmm. evaluate by and then they'll get back with you on the determination. So question number two, this one didn't come from a particular person, but it is like the conversation everywhere is what do we do about trick-or-treating this year during the pandemic? Fortunately, trick-or-treating is not legislated by the city. Right. It's so, just a, it's a community tradition. Yes. We are not having our traditional Halloween fest downtown. Mummy and Sons? We're not having Mummy and Son, no. So um, those were decisions made for the safety and security of our citizens and our employees. Right. Um, but the CDC does have guidelines for any Halloween-related activities. What is so those? if you want to go trick-or-treating, they want you to wear your mask. Try not to handle things. Take hand sanitizer with you. If you're going in groups, try and stay six feet apart as yeah. you can. Take all of the standard precautionary measures. Yeah. However... They recommend, instead of trick-or-treating, they recommend getting together with your family in your Mm -hmm. household unit, carve a pumpkin, popcorn, and make popcorn balls and sit around and drink hot chocolate and eat your popcorn balls while you're watching a scary movie or something. Yeah, this year just calls for people to do things a little bit different, and hopefully next year... We will be back to traditional Halloween. Well, thanks for being my co-host again, Paula. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater. If you like this episode, help us out and give us a like or share us with your friends. Stay tuned for our next podcast. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org. And in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast.